Hi, welcome back to another episode of Stand on Guard with David Creighton. I'm your host, David Creighton. We're going to be talking a lot today. Almost the only topic we're going to talk about today is the report from the special rapporteur that came out this week. Lots to listen to today. So we are in a very precarious position in this country. We need political change, but we also need the resolve to resist. Well, nothing like a few technical problems to start to show off with a bang. But of course, the big news this week, David Johnson, former governor general and ex-member of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation Board of Directors, came out with his report on Chinese election interference. No surprise here. He didn't recommend a public inquiry. David Johnson has become synonymous with Mr. Cover-Up. That's all it's about. You know, I've seen some crazy headlines around YouTube. Some people say the end of Canada. No, if, if you think about this, this is the continuation of Trudeau's Canada. This is about a government that's run by insiders and who hire other insiders to cover things up for them. And that's what this report is all about. We're going to be listening to it. I'm going to be commenting on that report. But without further ado. Based on my review, I have reached five clear conclusions. First, Foreign governments are undoubtedly attempting to influence candidates and voters in Canada. Foreign interference is a real and growing threat, and more remains to be done promptly to strengthen our capacity to detect, deter, and counter foreign interference in elections. Second, when viewed in full context with all of the relevant intelligence, several leaked materials that raised legitimate questions turn out to have been misconstrued in some media reporting, presumably because of the lack of this context. Third, I have identified serious shortcomings in the way intelligence is communicated and processed from security agencies through to government. I'll, I'll bet you have. Fourth, a further public process is required, but there should not and need not be a separate formal public inquiry. A public inquiry examining the leaked materials could not be undertaken in public, given the sensitivity of the intelligence. So here we have the special rapporteur, and I bet you nobody had even heard of this position prior to Trudeau coming up with this fanciful idea of putting an old friend of the family in charge of this investigation, who promptly comes back and says, hey, we don't need a public inquiry. Uh, maybe some public hearings. Guess what? Those public hearings are going to be loaded with friends of the liberals to ask the right questions and get off this nonsense about it's all classified so we can't have a public inquiry. You know, I bet you Richard Nixon would have loved to have a special rapporteur when he was going through Watergate because it could have had somebody come back and say, hey, we don't need any more investigation. Well, we'll have a few public hearings and it'll all be behind us. But, you know... 
as my, as the member of parliament, Michael Cooper told me on Tuesday night, David Johnson isn't going to make the Chinese election scandal and uh, interference scandal go away. Dustin Trudeau isn't, and neither is he. Let's listen to a bit more here. However, public hearings on the serious governance and policy issues identified to date should and will be held at the earliest possible date as part of the second phase of my mandate. <clears throat> Do you wonder how much we're paying this guy? I, I would sure like to know. Because people like him have been on the government payroll for most of their lives, benefiting from either liberal or conservative governments that are in there. And you thought he was one of ours. <laughs> no. He may have been appointed by Stephen Harper, a conservative prime minister, but they're all part of the same Ottawa elite, the same Ottawa establishment. We don't talk much about the, uh, the deep state in Canada, but if all we mean is the established bureaucracy that is essentially the tail wagging the dog, then there is a deep state because it's, it exists in the, in the form of a bureaucracy that is extremely hard to change and it has its own will and mind. Now take a drink. Finally, I recognize this report, its conclusions, would be met with skepticism by some, especially by those who in good faith have worked to raise legitimate questions around these skepticism. issues. The challenge is this. What has allowed me to determine whether there has in fact been interference cannot be disclosed publicly. A public review of classified intelligence simply cannot be done. Therefore, fifth, I recommend the Prime Minister invite the two oversight committees on national security, NSICOP and INSIRA. Isn't that convenient? Can't have a public inquiry. Just can't be done. Uh, did you notice he never mentions China? This reminds me of the famous <laughs> broadcast from Pope Pius XII when he was supposed to be addressing the Holocaust, except he never mentioned Nazis, Germany, or Jews in the entire broadcast. And this, is, this reminds me exactly what's going on here. It's got nothing to do with China. We're just, it's foreign. So there, he, there he goes. To review my conclusions and provide them with all supporting materials including an annex which contains the classified information. If they disagree with my conclusions, they should say that. And we did have the documents. In now we're, we're coming up to a later part of the news conference when he addresses how the Conservative Party of Canada says there are up to 11 ridings in the greater Toronto area that were targeted by the Chinese with election interference. And this, this could have been crucial to the last liberal minority win. Now, we, we have Johnson here saying that conservative leader Pierre Polyev refused to meet with him. But so he sat down with the former conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, and this is what transpired. Which they set out allegations with respect to, I think, 11 different writings. And we considered that going back to late April, early May. But round about May 23rd was the deadline from our report. We saw 
We sought a meeting and Mr. O'Toole responded quickly for a meeting and that was on this past Wednesday, Sheila. Wednesday. Uh, a very helpful, lengthy meeting. Uh, Mr. O'Toole is a man for whom I have great respect. I know well. He's a former military man. He's cleared for top secret uh, clearance, so he's no stranger to military intelligence. And he presented with us um, a review of the um, matters covered in the media and, and some modeling elections in, in his view that in perhaps a minimum of four or a maximum of nine instances, constituencies' results were affected by that. Uh, we took that material on the Wednesday. We did indicate that our report was a part of our report at that time had gone for translation because we were trying to deal with it, but it was not final. We considered those materials with care. Uh, we responded to them with positions in our report and we set them out. And we found with Mr. We differ in our conclusion with Mr. O'Toole's conclusion that there was a tilt in those elections in four to nine cases and um, Elections Canada has found no interference. So that was our conclusion, which is different than Mr. O'Toole's. Now we're going to get, we're going to get to another section here. And this is very interesting because this is a press conference the following day that became all about the special rapporteur's report. Wasn't supposed to be about that at all. But reporters are not taking this cover-up lying down. They're clearly uncomfortable with what Justin Trudeau was trying to feed them. And I want you to, I want you to watch this because it shows you how Justin Trudeau doesn't believe he's ever going to get a tough question from one of his friendly reporters. And just watch this. Thank you. That will conclude today's press conference. Merci, ça va. Take it. Sorry, I'll take I'll take a question from Justin because I haven't seen him in a while. Appreciate that, um, Prime Minister. Uh, the report uh, does indicate that Han Dong, a former Liberal MP, um, was the unwitting beneficiary, probably, of the influence campaign on his nomination race. Uh, it indicates he went on to forge a relationship with the Chinese consulate in Toronto. And it said he was having conversations with the consulate about the two Michaels in detention in China, uh, even if some of the reports were incorrect. Um, can you tell us what the nature of those conversations were? And do you see a path back into the Liberal caucus for Mr. Dong? I think on this point, um, the report by Mr. Johnston was fairly unequivocal um, that there were uh, false allegations uh, made against Mr. Dong and I look forward to having conversations with him. Uh, he decided to step away from caucus in order to clear his name. Um, I will hear from him on what his thinking is going forward. Ah, so the follow-up question um, matters. Je pense que le rapport de Mr. Johnston a été très clair que uh, il y avait uh, des faussetés dans les allégations contre uh, Monsieur Dong. Uh, comme vous savez, Monsieur Dong a choisi uh, de se retirer du caucus pour pouvoir uh, lutter contre ses allégations. Um, je vais sûrement avoir une conversation avec lui sur uh, comment il uh, se trouve en ce moment-ci et c'est quoi ses réflexions pour les prochaines étapes. 
Just finally, you know, you're calling on Canadians to, to build trust, um, but as Mr. Johnson reports makes, uh, report makes clear, um, you had intelligence and you were briefed on um, an, an attempt by Beijing to meddle in our democracy, and you didn't tell the public. Um, given that, you know, doesn't rebuilding trust have to start with you? Um, and, and, and going forward, do you have to create a better disclosure regime? Um, now, look at that stance. Read that body language. What is Justin Trudeau telling us here? He's saying, I can't believe this. I thought I had these guys bought and paid for. They're in my pocket. How can this reporter be asking me a real tough question? They're always asking the softball questions. But this guy actually doesn't believe me. And he, you see that look of shock in his face here. And it turns into that, real uh, anger. discloses these sorts of attempts uh, to meddle in our democracy, even or even especially when it benefits your party. Sorry, Justin, I'm still hung up on the fact that you think I wasn't telling Canadians about foreign interference. I talked about foreign interference uh, from the very beginnings of getting elected. That's why uh, we move forward on a committee of parliamentarians to oversee what, parliamentarian, what uh, our security agencies were doing. That's why in January of 2019, we created the elections protocol that ensured that while our 2019 election was going on, top public servants would be able to monitor through updates daily from our intelligence agencies the state of foreign interference into our elections. Now, we made those announcements in 2019 and we have continually talked about the threat of foreign interference since then. There's a NSI COP report going back to 2017 on foreign interference that I highly recommend people look at. I believe it was 2017. The subject of foreign interference isn't something that suddenly sprang up over the past months. This is something we have been taking seriously as a government for years, <laughs> and not just here in Canada, but in 2018, when we hosted the, G8, uh, the G7 in Charlevoix, we created a rapid response mechanism for all G7 countries to respond to foreign interference in our democracies. So maybe you're just waking up to the fact that there's foreign interference, but I've been talking about it for years. And what... Aha. Uh -huh. He's been talking about it actually for about three weeks now, because that's the only reason this became an issue for him is because there was CSIS whistleblowers, one or more, who brought the story to the attention of the national media, and in those press clippings dropped on Dustin Trudeau's desk. Suddenly, he became aware of it in the last two months, maybe. Aware of it as an issue, but of course, he knew well before that that China was interfering in Canadian elections, but he did nothing about it. And that's what the reporter is getting at here, Justin Trudeau. Like it was an it was an issue of prominence for him? Absolutely not. It certainly was not. And it is it is extremely frustrating to listen to this man try to manufacture the facts. That's exactly what he's doing here. And of course, and you know, and, and for him to blame the media saying that, why weren't you guys reporting on this? <laughs> when, when that's the only reason he's suddenly concerned about it is it has become a crisis management issue 
for the Liberal Party and the Trudeau government because it's been front and center in the media. The media has been reporting on it. But he has the gall to suggest that it was the media not reporting on this. He was so concerned. His government made a priority out of this issue. And, of course, it's all nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Now, to conclude here, I want you to watch this clip. Uh, it's compliments of Pierre Polyev's Twitter site, but I think it's well worth watching. We're not here to be a propaganda organ for any political party. Obviously, I think some are better than others. <laughs> but and remember, it was Stephen Harper, a conservative, who put this Johnson into the governor generalship. So they were all in this together to a large degree. But I want you to watch this because it really is quite interesting. I'm uh, good friends, and our friendship with uh, with Mr. Trudeau goes back to children's days when our five daughters and he and his two brothers uh, skied together at Mont Tremblant. Yeah, right tell us a little more, more of that, because a lot of Canadians don't realize that you, in fact, were a very good friend of Pierre Elliott Trudeau, and that your family, uh, you knew all the Trudeau kids when they were growing up. I guess it shows what a small country Canada is, but when Mr. Trudeau left politics, uh, came back to Montreal, his host was just on the edge of the McGill campus, and I and the rector of the University of Montreal were working very hard for him to return to the University of Montreal Faculty of Law, where he'd been a constitutional law professor, and to have a joint appointment to McGill. His three boys were the same age as our five daughters, so we were uh, kind of a ski party from time to time at Mont Tremblant, where we have a, a place and would ski on weekends. So we got to know the, the, the children, and our friendship, our relationship was really built out of uh, childhood exchanges and our children had enormous respect for Mr. Trudeau Sr. Uh, he was a lovely, a wonderful father and very good with children. Uh, he would lead them into discussions that uh, uh, would be, uh, let's, calm, let's talk about um, how many functioning democracies there are in the world for example. This was with teenagers, it was just great. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you saw the, uh, the, the pictures there at the end, that's especially touching isn't it? Yeah, the, the two of the uh, world leaders of the, that Pierre Trudeau admired very much. Uh, of course, one of them was Mao Zedong, one of, the, one of the worst mass murderers in the history of the world. Uh, probably the greatest political killing machine of the 20th century, worse than Hitler and Stalin in terms of the deaths he was responsible for. But Trudeau was quick to eulogize Mao Zedong in the House of Commons when he passed away in 1976. People remember that. And of course, there he is with Fidel Castro, another one of those freedom fighters that Mr. Trudeau admired so much. So that's, uh, you know, so, so much for functioning democracies. But isn't that a touching scene? Here they were, the Johnston clan and the Trudeau family skiing at Mont Tremblant together. All of those years, growing up to get, and this is why Justin Trudeau appointed this man to be his special rapporteur, because he's a good friend of the family. And let's keep this all in the family, because that's what this all is about. And this is what this is teaching us this, this week. And believe me, we still need a public inquiry. I don't care what David Johnson suggests 
what he says. He has no credibility, absolutely no credibility to make these statements. And I tell you, there's political support in the House of Commons amongst all of the opposition parties. I think they're going to be united on this, that we do need a public inquiry. It's not good enough to have this former governor general blather on about it all being far, far too top secret to be discussing in public. Because this is a scandal, and Justin Trudeau will wear this scandal. And he can try as he might and try as he will to distract our attention and to suggest he's been concerned about this for a long time. But we know he hasn't been very concerned about this because liberals were benefiting from the Chinese interference. So I think that's very important to remember. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed Stand on guard this week. It was We were limited to this issue because I think it is the issue of the hour. It's what we need to be talking about. And this story is not over. It's not over as long as we still have some credible opposition in this country. And Justin Trudeau is acting increasingly like a dictator. Like he don't dare question my motivation my policies, or who I am. Because I'll throw that right back in your face. And you could see how he treated that journalist. You don't treat Trudeau with kid gloves. Betcha he's not invited back to the next press conference. A lot of people aren't. So for Stand on Guard, I'm David Creighton. Hope you enjoyed this recording today. I hope you enjoyed discussing this together. And please continue with your comments. Send your comments into me. Subscribe. Ring that bell. Thanks to you, we have been monetized. And we're going to continue to broadcast the information and the news that you need to hear.